0: Only at King of Kings do we get brought into worship with that kind of level of energy and excitement, that amazing. Welcome to everyone who is joining us today, here and online. We'll be celebrating Holy Communion, so for those of you at home, take a moment to get some bread and wine or grape juice ready following the sermon today. And even though we're not in the same room, may we all experience Jesus bringing us together and building us up through his body and blood. Pastor Dave is presiding as the dean of our conference at the closing worship service for St. Thomas Lutheran Church in Sterling Heights today. Please keep them and their members in your prayers. We give thanks to God for their mission and their ministry here in our community over the years, and we pray for their members as they move on to find new church families. A few announcements for today. First, I want to take a moment and ask any veterans we have here with us if you would please stand so that we can honor you for your service and sacrifice today. Please join me. Thank you for serving our country. A special thank you to all who donated socks this past month. Together we collected over a thousand pairs of socks. Amen. We'll be hosting our annual Thanksgiving Eve. Eve Eve service next Monday night, a week from tomorrow at 7 p.m. We have a book club meeting tomorrow at 7.30-ish after the Monday night worship. We're reading the Book of Joy. Uh, if you have any questions, you can see Lisa Bovee uh, after the worship service or contact her by emailing her. Please sign up in the lobby for our ladies' Advent tea on December 2nd. Uh, all ladies age 14 and older are invited to come for this wonderful social activity. The quilting group, his gang, is hosting their annual cookie walk on Saturday, December 10th. They're asking people to bake cookies that week and donate them. And they also have a quilt raffle going outside the worship, uh, season, uh, worship center here um, if you want to participate in that. And if you're looking for something to do, either as an individual or as a family, I would love for you to join me this Saturday at 10 for an intergenerational Advent event. We're going to be making a Jesse tree decoration that you can put in your home throughout the month of December. It will also have a devotional piece that goes with it that will help you to stay grounded and centered on the true joy and beauty that comes from Christ this Christmas. This is the second week that we are highlighting themes of abundance and giving, and we have someone that's going to share a testimony with us this morning. So I invite um, Laura Jewell to come
1: up and speak with us today. Thank you, Kelsey. Can everybody hear me? Yes. Excellent. So by way of introduction, my name is Laura Jewell. I've attended King of Kings since 2018 when I became a member, and uh, this is my community and this is my story. (laughs) (laughs) For me, giving is about joy. Beyond a duty or a sense of obligation, giving is something that enlivens my soul and really lights my fire. God has given me more than enough, and it is my calling to give abundantly, not only so that I can show my love for God, but also that I can show my love for my neighbor. In many ways, I've always felt a sense of joy in giving. At certain times in my life, it was more about giving time and sharing talents. At other moments, it has looked like giving to charities, sponsoring church events, and giving directly to the church. In whatever form this giving has been, it has come from a place of love and hope and awe of what my God has done for me. But there have been moments in my life where I felt the loss of joy of giving. One moment stands out among all others, the time when I made the decision to leave my home congregation of 53 years. Incidentally, that conflict is exactly what brought me here to King of Kings. But I originally came heartbroken and shattered. My previous church helped to teach me how to give, how to lead, and how to be a Christian. They gave me trust, and they lifted up my voice. And then they took it away. They called me harsh. I felt unwanted. I felt unloved. And I felt unwelcome. And suddenly, I felt in my heart I could no longer give to that congregation emotionally, spiritually, or financially. I felt as if my joy had been stolen. They stood between me and what I knew God was calling me to do, to be a faithful, generous Christian with a mindset of abundance rather than scarcity. When I feel I can't give as I'm called to do, I feel inauthentic in my soul. Even still, I kept tithing, but I had to redirect my financial support elsewhere, because I felt sick in my heart. For those reasons and many more, I could not stay. King of Kings family, you welcomed me in exactly as I am. You helped me regain my trust. You held me in my brokenness and showed me that you cared. You reconnected me with the joy of giving and you showed me love. And now because of what God has done with and in this community, (laughs) I can't stop giving. You inspire me to give without strings attached and without expecting anything in return. This congregation affords us so many opportunities to be the light of Christ in the world. From some of the things we do with God's work, our hands ministry, where we have raised money to build water wells in Africa... What an amazing, beautiful picture of joy on those faces as they see fresh water spring from the ground. To walking or running, or walking, not running, for me, um, in memory of loved ones who have battled brain cancer and for those who still struggle and those who have survived through Head for the Cure and the 5K that we do annually. To the Anti-Racism Task Force, of which I am a member, that calls me to do better and be better. Through all of these, I feel connected to God through you. And once again, my heart sings for joy. Even when I was out of Michigan for six months during the pandemic, and I moved my mom from her permanent home to assisted living, I felt your love and I felt connected to you. Worship and Sunday School were lifelines for me during a very difficult time, and it was wonderful to sit there with my mom and worship together, even though it was a long distance. And so to all of you who made that possible, I am grateful, and I say thank you. And for all of you who continue to make this possible, I appreciate you. Worship and Sunday School... I didn't mention Sunday School Kelsey, but that was a lot of fun and something I hadn't done in a long time. So thank you for that. I know that this church offers abundant love for all its members. I am not the only one. I have received so much from you, so I want you to hear this in response. It is my joy to share with you and remind you of God's abundant love for each and every one of you a love I hope to reflect in all I say and do. And it is truly my joy to be a part of this community. Thank you.
0: Let us pray. Almighty God, Thank you for the many ways you share your abundance with us. To know that there is grace when we can't get it right. To know you always love us when we feel unlovable. To know there is always hope when it's hard to see beyond today. Be with us. Make your presence known today. We ask this in your holy and precious name. And all of God's people say, Amen. I invite you to be seated. Dear church, grace to you and peace from the God who created you, from the Son who redeems you, and from the Holy Spirit who calls us each by name. Amen. In this month of November, we're exploring the theme of abundance, abundant grace, abundant love, and abundant hope. This week's theme is Abundant Love. And wow, there are so many great Bible passages that draw us into love, the love of God and the love of neighbor. I mean, basically, Jesus' greatest hits are all about love. For God so loved the world, John 3, 16. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind, Matthew twenty two thirty seven. 37. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this to lay down one's life for one's friends, John fifteen twelve. All you need is love. Oh, wait, that's the Beatles. But still... Jesus has so much to say about love, as does the rest of the New Testament, where there's perhaps contained one of the most well-known verses about love from 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable. It keeps no record of wrongs. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love is all. Love is new. Love is all. Love is you. Well, nah, that's Beatles again. (laughs) Anyway, you get what I mean. Where even to begin? I have to say that even when faced with all of these amazing passages from the New Testament that are all about love, I felt a clear call to preach today about abundant love as found in the Old Testament book of Ruth. Maybe an unconventional choice, but we'll get into the Bible reading. Our passage is going to begin, the entire book of Ruth begins with a disaster. There's famine in the land, leading to dislocation. As a certain man, Elimelech, and his wife, Naomi, and two sons have to leave their home in Bethlehem, cross a river, migrate across a border, and seek refuge in a foreign country. While in Moab, Naomi gains two daughters-in-law, but ultimately loses both her husband and her sons as they die while they are living abroad. And in their time and place, to be without a husband or a son meant you had nothing. No community, no provision, no place in society, let alone the depth of your grief, That isolates you and leaves you feeling alone. That has all taken place right before our reading for today begins. So if you'll read along on the screen as I read from Ruth chapter 1, starting in verse 7. So, Naomi set out from the place where she had been living. She and her two daughters-in-law, and they went on their way to go back to the land of Judah But Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go back, each of you, to your mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant that you may find security, each of you, in the house of your husband. Then she kissed them, and they wept aloud. They said to her, No, we will return with you to your people. But Naomi said, Turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Do I still have sons in my womb that they may become your husbands? Turn back, my daughters, go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. Even if I thought there was hope for me, even if I should have a husband tonight and bear sons, would you then wait until they were grown? Would you then refrain from marrying? No, my daughters, it has been far more bitter for me than for you, because the hand of the Lord has turned against me. Then they wept aloud again. Orpah kissed her mother in law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. So she said, Look, your sister in law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister in law. But Ruth said, Do not press me to leave you, to turn back from following you. Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God my God. Where you die, I will die, and there will I be buried. May the Lord do thus to me and more as well, if even death parts me from you. When Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she said no more to her. Abundant love. This passage in particular, but in fact the entire treasure of a book that is Ruth, is centered on what abundant love looks like, and in particular the giving and receiving of abundant love in times of famine or emptiness, bitterness, or scarcity. I think that's why this felt like the right passage for today's sermon, This condition or context of scarcity or of emptiness and bitterness, loneliness and loss, I feel that we have, in so many ways, found ourselves right there as a people today. After more than two years of illness, upheaval and loss, many of us have returned to something resembling our pre-pandemic lives— Offices have filled up, masks have mostly come off, and we're essentially making plans to simply live with this reality of COVID. And yet, the effects that we've gone through continue to show up and draw us deeply into places of doubt, of fear of an increasingly divisive political landscape, of wars and refugee crises, environmental changes, increasing natural disasters, and so on and so on. For me, it's not uncommon that I find myself in conversations that ultimately circle back to those themes, to everything that we feel that we've lost or missed out on and the way the world has now changed. And sometimes we feel like we have nothing else To give. In a few recent and not my finest parenting moments, I have literally thrown up my hands, snapped at my tiny children, and essentially asked them, How much more can I do? I have nothing left to give. You're in charge. No, mommy, no, don't make us in charge. Please, we don't like being charged. Mommy, no, we don't want to be in charge. But that feeling, that feeling of of running on fumes, that feeling of this emptiness, of this thing inside us that we can't just quite make sense of in today's new moment. It's all too easy to fall headfirst into that feeling of scarcity, of noticing only and always what it is we are lacking, everything we see we don't have but believe that we should. And yes, of course, there's this materialistic side to it as we scan the advertisements and the marketing promises that guarantee our happiness if we only accumulate more, but I don't think that's all of it, or even most of it. I think deep down the hardest struggle isn't thinking that I don't have enough stuff. The hardest struggle is thinking that I'm not enough. I'm not enough for this challenge, for this moment, for this world and this time that we're living in. How can I show abundant love when I feel that I don't have anything left to give? Ruth replies to us in that moment, You see, in those beautiful verses we just read, we are standing side by side with Ruth and her mother in law, two women who quite literally have been shaped and defined by what they don't have. They are widows. First and foremost, defined not by who they are and what they have, but by what they lack. By all rights, at that moment in their journey, when Naomi urges her daughter-in-law to go back to her Moabite people and family, that's the only thing Naomi has left to give. Go back to where you have a future. She has nothing. Ruth has nothing. What does Ruth have to give? Nothing. And everything. Do not press me to leave you. Where you go, I will go. Where you die, I will die. Your people are my people. Your God is my God. I am yours. You are mine. And we, we are enough. On the surface, Ruth has nothing to give. But in reality, she has everything to give. And she gives it all. That. Is abundant love that is the gift that we have to give in this particular moment in time in a world where it's easier to mask to hide to pretend to cover over to numb or ignore what we're feeling abundant love can be seen in the act of showing up with our whole selves and giving everything that we are no matter how broken or battered, or bruised, we may feel. Abundant love is looking at someone who needs us and saying, I'm yours, you're mine, and we are enough. If you read all four chapters of the book of Ruth, and I hope you do, you'll see how Ruth's act of abundant love and giving at the beginning of the book sets the tone for the rest of her journey with Naomi. How in their love and commitment to each other, they're able to find a new community. How Naomi helps Ruth to find a husband to whom Ruth, spoiler alert, is the one who proposes marriage. And ultimately, when a baby is born, Naomi's grandson, they can suddenly glimpse a future they thought was forever gone. You'll also see that while God's people and God's laws are certainly at play in this story, God is working primarily behind the scenes. Unlike other places in the Bible, God isn't speaking directly, nor is God laying out exactly what is to unfold. Instead, God's love is made known through the relationship and commitment and abundant love of these two women for each other. Through them, God works to bless, to redeem, and to work new life where there was only emptiness and death before. With all of that in mind and in our hearts, I want to invite you to take a moment and use the card and pencil that you received on the way in and think about a response to the questions up on the screen. Did we receive cards and pencils on the way in? Good. Um, three questions I want you to think about in just this moment here. What does love or being loved mean to you? Where do you see God's love in the world? And how does abundant love inspire you to give to the church, the world, and all who are in need? Take a moment and write a response on your card. As you're leaving the sanctuary today, on your right is a frame and a place you can clip your card. It was completely overflowing with examples of God's grace last week. So please put your responses to God's love up on that board, clip it with a little clip so that we can see it throughout the week, and remind each other what that love looks like. Dear ones, next time you're looking for examples of abundant love, I hope that in addition to all the great things that Jesus and the Beatles have to say about it, you'll remember Ruth and Naomi too. And most importantly, you'll remember that abundant love is not just giving what you have, it's giving who you are. As I prayed every Sunday growing up, we offer with joy and thanksgiving what you've first given us: ourselves, our time and our possessions, signs of your gracious love. Let us pray. Gracious Lord God, loving and abundant parent. We give you thanks for the lives of Ruth and Naomi, who worked through a time of great famine and scarcity to see abundance in the love they shared for you and for each other. Draw us into relationship with each other through your abundant love. Help us to show up exactly as we are, who we are in this moment. We do not have to pretend to be anything other than who you've created us to be. Bless our lives this week as we show your love to this world that so desperately needs you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I invite you to stand as you're able for our time of prayer together. We've been made children and heirs of God's promise, and so we pray for the church, the world, and all in need. For each of the prayers, I'll begin with a topic, and you can pray whatever is on your heart about that topic, either aloud or within your heart. At the end of each prayer, I'll say, Lord, in your mercy, and we all respond, hear our prayer. Let us pray. We pray for humanity. lord in your mercy hear our prayer we pray for creation and for this world you've given us lord in your mercy hear our prayer we pray for the nations of this world Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those who are oppressed, enslaved, and those who are in greatest need. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We lift up to you ourselves and whatever is going on in our personal lives. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Receive these prayers, O God, and all those too deep for words. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who taught us to pray the prayer we now pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. We now take a moment to reflect on our week and confess those times we failed to live as God would have us live. Please repeat after me. Heavenly Father, Pour out your mercy over us. Our sin is heavy and we long to be free. Rebuild what we have ruined. Mend what we have torn. Wash us in your cleansing flood. Make us alive in your spirit to better follow Jesus. By your grace, forgive us. Through your love, renew us. And in your spirit, lead us, so that we may live and serve you in newness of life. Amen. And now, hear this, dear children of God. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us, and for his sake, God forgives us all our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by God's authority, I declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And all of God's people say, Amen. I invite you to be seated and to pull out your communion cup or if you're ga- joining us from home, to pull out your communion elements as we prepare to have communion together. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread and gave thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat, this is my body given for you, do this for the remembrance of me. This is the body of Christ given for you. And again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. This is the blood of Christ shed for you. Of God, may the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you in his abundant love. And all of God's people say, Amen. We thank all of you here and online for prayerfully giving to King of Kings to help support our ministries and the work God does through us. It's just one of the ways we can respond to God's gift of love this week. Your generosity adds up and it makes a difference and an impact in many lives in our communities and across the world finally receive this blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.